I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I've snacked and apologized many times in the past, and everyone's always accepted it quite graciously. And I'm Alex Tedensky, and excuse me for having a curious mind that asks questions of people. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 5, Episode 4, Kamikaze Bingo, which originally aired on October 16, 2005. Uh, this is an interesting episode name because it's actually like a spoiler for the last moment of the episode. Um, yeah, and it's just like it basically just combines the two yeah. parts of the storyline yeah. and makes it into a thing. Like, yeah, well, this is like yeah. uh, until the last moment, it doesn't make any sense. As you said, it's just two random unconnected words that both appear in the episode. Yeah, this is like on uh, what at, at the merge on Survivor where they just they, they named the new tribe just the two words of the old the portmanteau. Tribes. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, what are you doing here? Come on, give yeah. it a little thought. So, you're saying this episode should have been called America, America, exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, named after one of our two daughters without telling anyone else. Probably you, because I don't have two daughters. I have two daughters. Yeah. D- didn't uh, Boston Rob do that in uh, season, in season 21? Yeah. In Redemption we, Island? Or, or was it a nickname that he or is it a nickname that he and his wife had? Yeah, I think that's what uh, it was. Yeah, one of the two. All right. Uh, people are not here for survivor. Maybe they are, but they're going to get. Yeah. Through. Who the hell? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah just some. Uh, we had some housekeeping we wanted to talk ah, about. Yes, um, let's keep the house. Um, we noticed that we have a very shitty um, like art for our podcast feed. <laughs> yes. Um, so if somebody wants, you know, is good with that sort of stuff and wants to volunteer to make something, uh, go ahead and we'll probably just use that because yeah. it'll probably be better than what we currently have. <laughs> and we also noticed that we don't have a theme song really at all. We just kind of use that, that clip with a pretty, pretty good at yeah. the end. Um, so if someone wants to make a theme song for us, also do that. It could be the same person or it could be two different people. Yeah. Does Justin um, Ramsey listen to this podcast? If so. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, make us a theme song. So, no, I think, you know, yeah, he's the theme song, man. I think actually the 32 fans artwork was, I, I forget which of the pains. I think it was Garrett Payne, but it might have been Travis Payne. I apologize yeah. to the wrong page. So we don't really know who listens to this podcast. Yeah. Um, although it seems like there's a decent number of people. I'm pretty sure it's Dan's group that do. But if it was um, Travis, so, I apologize. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're uh, artistically or musically inclined in any way and would like to uh, hear your voice or see your design incorporated into our feed, then go ahead. And there's a very high likelihood that we'll just say, yeah, that's fine. And we'll make that yeah. the official thing. Um, and also, as always, you should uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes so that way we uh, rise in the charts and could beat all the other Curb Your Enthusiasm rewatch podcasts. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, one of which I think we may have stolen part of their icon at some point. No, actually, I think I, I, think I took it from the T-shirt. Ah, I forget. doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. All right. Enough. Let's, uh, let's talk about Season 5, Episode 4. Let's do it. We are at Hana Sushi, and Larry walks in, and he's immediately greeted as Chicken Teriyaki Boy. Hmm. And uh, he goes to join Cheryl and Yoshi at a table, and he appreciates that Yoshi greets him with a bow. Larry says it shows humility. We could use some of that in America. Not a shit bow. Not a shit bow. Yeah. Cheryl is talking about how her and Yoshi saw some great sculptures today, and they're going to be great for the house. Larry chimes in to say, yeah, what we're looking for is a big penis. Did you find any big penis statues? Um, Cheryl's just like kind of ignoring him, trying to talk about some more of the art. But Larry's just yammering away. First, he notes that someone has carved Kofi was here into the table. Mm. And then talking to Yoshi about how their fathers have become really good friends at the nursing home. Um, Are you familiar with the name Kofi as spelled in this episode? No, I know uh, Kofi Adad. Yeah, but that's K-O-F-I. Um, the reason I ask is because this Kofi, as we will learn, is so common that there's at least two people uh, in this uh, you know, neck of the woods who's, who have that name and spell it that way, right? Actually, no, now we don't actually – the second Kofi that Larry sees in the restaurant at the end of the episode, we actually don't see his name written, right? 
Well, we're assuming that he's the Kofi who wrote his name into the table, in which case, yeah, that's him. Is it that we're assuming that or that we no longer know for certain that it is the pharmacist? Because the pharmacist also confirms that he eats there. Um, right? And the pharmacist we know spells it that way because we've seen his name. No, but they don't, don't they? Oh, no, they don't say, do they say Kofi was here when he comes in? They say, just say Kofi. I, I think they say, no, I think they say Kofi is here, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Kofi there, that this Kofi, therefore, would have written Kofi was here on the table. They might also say yeah. Kofi to the other Kofi, right? If they're identifying Kofi's upon entrance. Yeah, I think the odds are is that it's the, the guy at the end is the guy who wrote his name. So and then that guy also wrote his name in the nursing home. What was he doing there? I mean, what was the pharmacist doing there is another valid question, but, you know. Yeah, these are all good questions. Yeah, anyways, I Googled uh, C-O-F-E-Y just to see. Uh, so there's a guy named Michael Kofi, like a random dude on Starbucks, excuse me, on Twitter, whose Twitter handle has the word Starbucks in it. So I guess he's a fan of coffee. And then after that, it's Kamikaze Bingo ending. Uh, Kofi was here. on. So it's the next, like the next conversation is from this episode of Seinfeld. And then there was a, a case in the Court of Appeals in Alaska uh, 11 years ago between a Joseph W. Kofi was the appellant versus the state of Alaska. So it's a very uncommon name. So the fact that there's two Kofis in this little neck of the woods in L.A., highly uh, coincidental, I suppose. Supreme Court must rule. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So Kofi was here, it says on the table. So Yoshi and Larry are talking about how they're both really happy that their dads have become good friends at the nursing home. And Yoshi talks about how I actually just took my dad to Japan for the first time in a long time for his 80th birthday. It's the first time he was there since he was uh, a kami, kamikaze pilot in the war. Uh, Larry is really surprised because if he was a kamikaze pilot, he should be dead. And Yoshi explains, no, they didn't all die. Some of them survived. Um, and like Larry's like, well, you know, was there some sort of malfunction? And Yoshi's like, well, he grazed the ship. He survived. Uh, Larry's like, well, you know, is it really more that at the last second as he was going down, he was like, maybe this kamikaze business is not for me. And he rethunk it. And uh, that's what happened. Um, Yoshi's like not really sure, but he's very clearly very upset. Like Larry's like embarrassed him. Larry orders the chicken teriyaki, and for some reason keeps repeating the word chicken over and over and over again. Uh, he's like chicken, chicken, chicken. Uh, explain to me the, like the the physics of how you could graze the ship and survive anyway, right? Like I feel like if an airplane sort of hits into a aircraft carrier or you know a, a large boat. It's like the pilot's not a. Yeah, well, that's why you wear. <laughs> that's why you wear a seatbelt. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, play. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you know you could just like nick the wig a little bit, but yeah, you'll then you'll probably die. Just but, but, do wings? Yeah, do wings nick on airplanes? I feel like a wing nick is enough to you know everything has to be pretty perfect on an airplane, doesn't it? Yeah, that was generally my sense yeah. of how it works. <laughs> Are you watching Big Mouth? Um, I haven't uh, yet. I, I'm, I'm, it's on my list. Then I shall say nothing. All right. Yeah, I know there's a joke about for the room. Anyway, um, oh, I, was, I saw on the uh, reviews somebody said that I say anyway a lot. I should say I should say anyway, not as much. So that's already one anyway tonight. Mm. So Larry speculates that you know I don't know was this some sort of malfunction or is it that at the last second as he was going down he said you know this kamikaze business is not for me and uh, turned turned mm. around. Yoshi's not really sure, but he's clearly very upset by this line of questioning. Uh, Larry orders the chicken teriyaki, and for some reason just keeps repeating the word chicken over and over again right in Yoshi's face. Chicken! Chicken! Uh, This just uh, further upsets Yoshi. How did the chicken get associated in the first place with uh, cowardly behavior among all the animals or birds? That's a good question. Why is... <laughs> My son asked me today why the Super Bowl is called a Super Bowl. He thought it was like ball. Yeah, which actually is where the name came from. Like, uh, But anyway, with Pete Rosell like, heard his kids talking about a Super Bowl and said, and said, oh, Super Bowl. Oh, I'll make it Super Bowl. Um, and so I said, to him, I said to him, yeah, because football championship games are always just called bowls. And then he said, why? And I realized I don't really know why. And the, so I Googled it. The answer actually is because the first one took place at the Rose Bowl which was the name of the stadium because it's bowl-shaped. And so because it took place at the Rose Bowl, it was called the Rose Bowl game, and then one thing led to another. But, uh, yeah, so these are what kids are for. They get you to uh, wonder things that have been right in front of your face for 38 years without you noticing. So have we found out the answer to the chicken? I mean, they say that the first example on record is from 1600. 
William Kemp's Nine Days Wonder. It did him good to have ill words of Hottie Dottie, a Heber Dehoy, a chicken, a squib. Um, but yeah, I don't really see why, like, you know, what the reason is. Yeah, I don't, I don't identify to the extent I want to sort of, you know, personify or anthropomorphize or whatever uh, an animal and, and give it sort of human emotions. The chicken, I would say, it's kind of a oblivious kind of overly aggressive perhaps right if it sort of sees some uh, feed it's just going to come peck at it it doesn't care what you what you want but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't, I wouldn't say cowardly comes to mind uh yeah i agree yeah there's nothing that really stands out as obvious as why those would be synonyms uh, yeah so uh we head over to uh kevin Nealon's house i don't think he's named in this episode like including as kevin Nealon. yeah like, so i don't like we'll get this later i'm not sure that's clear that he's playing oh so you're arguing here. that kevin Nealon's is playing a character i have no i'm saying I don't, i'm saying it's, we don't know either mm. way it's, it's just not at all clear he's not his, he's not identified on imdb it says kevin Nealon and kevin Nealon as both but, but it, do, it doesn't say I kevin Nealon as himself up. so we could be playing a guy whose name is kevin Nealon, who's like a, a podiatrist Right, although yeah, I think they, they do that for, like, Richard Lewis. Yeah. Well. Which I guess is the case, and for Larry David. Like, none of these people are literally playing themselves. But right? we've discussed the inconsistency, at least on IMDb, especially, like, in episode zero, where for some people it said himself, for some people it said their name, for, you know, a lot of people just said their first name. So, yeah, they're very inconsistent. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, Can we talk about Larry's the other people at the poker game for a second? Uh, sure, I didn't really recognize Okay, so, that. well, it's funny, because I mentioned Phil Rosenthal a couple weeks ago, right? Um, somebody feed Phil and that delicious uh, herring sandwich in Tel Aviv. So Phil Rosenthal shows up right next to LD at the poker game. And it's actually very funny, because he's very into food the whole, like, the whole, in his in all his scene. He's eating pretzels, he's asking for pizza, he wants to know what else they have in the fridge. And then the other two guys at the table along said LD, Jeff, Phil, and Kevin Neal, and I didn't know who they were, so I looked them up. One is Alan Kirschenbaum, who was a sitcom producer. Um, he was the son of Freddie Roman, the, the, the comedian. He was high school buddies with Rosenthal, and then he became director on Everybody Loves Raymond. And the other guy is Lou Schneider, a writer and another producer from Everybody's Love, Everybody Loves Raymond. So basically, this is like an Everybody Loves Raymond poker game that Larry and Jeff are suddenly key members of, despite never having appeared before or after. And again, there's no mention. Like At no point do they mention, oh, this is Kevin Elan. Oh, this is Phil Rosenthal, who created... Uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, along with two buddies of his who are like writers and producers on the show. So what is the relationship? Yeah, so uh, uh, on IMDb, it says Phil Rosenthal playing poker player number two as Phil Rosenthal. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Yes, I see that. Oh, as Philip Rosenthal. Oh, so I think, no. As so no, what Rosenthal. that means is that the credit is Philip in the credits. It says Philip instead of Phil. But I guess so. The credits say Philip Rosenthal, poker player number two. Ah, so he's—that's interesting. So I guess yeah, at this point he's not famous enough. He, he, I get he's sort of like the—he's sort of like the, the the LD of Everybody Loves Raymond. To Ray Romano is the Seinfeld, right? He's like right. the guy who created it, but he, because he doesn't act out himself, it's his family being portrayed, but by someone else, sort of. So yeah, so and at this point he's really not that famous at all. He doesn't have a Netflix show. So I guess he's—they're just buddies with LD because they were like fellow sitcom people. Is that the explanation? Yeah. Sure, yeah. why not? Because work. usually when he has these sort of social circles, it's with other fellow comedians where they're sitting, especially like in episode zero, some of the early episodes, and there they always identify those comedians by their real names. Yeah, I mean, he's also a comedian though, right? Yeah, but I'm saying, but here they don't even get that. They just get, you know, poker player number one, wow. poker player number two, poker player number three. Right. Um, anyways. Yeah. This is your Everybody Loves Raymond Hour. <laughs> um. So uh, they're first talking about Larry's telling them about the whole adoption saga. Then the conversation moves over to Richard Lewis. Turns out he has something wrong with his kidney. Um, I think we're going to get into that a lot more next yeah. week. Um, Kevin's wife, uh, who turns out is Yoshi's brother. Sorry, Yoshi is his uh, is his her brother. Comes in and everyone's like, "Where's Yoshi?" Uh, Larry's like, oh, well, you know, I just saw him, you know, our, my, my father's, uh, our fathers have become really good friends at the nursing home, and I'm actually going there tomorrow to play bingo, and, you know, bingo's actually the only thing in life that I'm optimistic about. I really expect to win when I play bingo. I have a winning percentage that defies logic. Yes, he's very confident. Um, yeah. Suddenly the phone rings and Kevin is freaking out because it turns out Yoshi has tried to commit suicide and they're in the hospital and he's in the hospital. 
Larry can't believe it. I just saw him. He seemed fine. They're like, well, is there anything that he was nervous or anxious or ashamed about? <laughs> Which uh, is a Larry says, no. highly specific and unusual question to ask about someone who has committed suicide now. Um, well, those are, I guess, the th- things that would be most likely. But to, specifically, how can, could uh, he have lost face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right in front of like, I don't know. Seems high, unless, I guess, they know yeah. that Yoshi's Larry, honor it, is very important to him. Yeah, of course, Robert, of course, Larry doesn't say anything, um, and Kevin and his wife uh, head out, and the uh, the, pl- the poker players left behind are like, oh, I don't know what we're supposed to do, should we stay, should we go? Uh, they ultimately decide that the right thing to do is to stay, because A, we don't have the keys, we won't be able to lock mm. up, we don't know the alarm code, we already ordered pizza, pizza's on the way, and anyway, like, he only tried to kill himself, he wasn't successful, so he's not dead, so it would be wrong to leave. Yeah, but it's great. Larry has a whole room of people who all agree with him. In fact, he's not even pushing this. He's not the primary pusher. So, yeah. he, but it's um, weird because Kevin will sort of seem to blame him primarily. Yeah, he singles him yeah. out. Um, yeah, so Kevin comes back and he's like, "What the hell? Why, how? Why are you people still here? Like, I can't believe it. Like, they, you know, they protest a little, but he's like, get the fuck out of here. It gets rid of these guys.' Yeah, and doesn't let, and doesn't even let them even up. They got to yeah, cash out right, for the poker game. Yeah. Um, so uh, Larry's back at home with Cheryl. They're talking about the whole Yoshi situation. Turns out Yoshi actually sent Cheryl a suicide mm-hmm. email before he uh, attempted the yeah. By the way, this continues the trend um, of Cheryl. I mean, we just talked about Larry is buddies with all these, you know, everybody loves Raymond people, and then he'll never see him again. Cheryl, we've talked about before. She has incredibly close friends, like close enough friends that, like, if they're calling one person, tell them it's a terrorist attack, it's her, like that kind of thing. Um, and so Yoshi is so close to Cheryl that he's sending her a suicide email, even though we've never seen him before and we'll never see him again. He doesn't send it, by the way, to his own sister and brother-in-law, right? They found, Kevin found out from a call. Well, maybe they just had a No, but he was already at the hospital. I, I mean, I guess it's possible to hit. I mean, he sends the email. He attempts to commit suicide. He gets discovered. He gets taken to the hospital. Once he's at the hospital, somebody gives a call to somebody else who calls Kevin I mean, several hours have transpired, so I guess it's possible that neither Kevin nor his his. Um, but I presume if another family member had received the uh, the email and checked, so no, like they would have called, you know, the sister. It seems clear to me that he's closer friends with Cheryl than he is with anyone in his family. Yeah, yeah a, I suppose so. He's incredible. Although Cheryl does say a few other people uh, were copied on the email. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so naturally, Larry wants yeah. to know what was written in the suicide email, but Cheryl won't tell. Mm-hmm. Larry says, no, you're, it's implied that you're supposed to tell me, you know, when people get married, it's not only sex, but also information that comes along. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm on Larry's uh, side here. Um, well, I think it depends. I think something this sensitive, it's it's assumed that is not to be shared. With I mean, um, yeah, when you like generic gossip. No, yeah. when you're fa- like when your parents tell you something like in confidence, they understand it doesn't mean confidence from your wife. Right. I mean, unless it's about your wife, like, you know, we're getting your wife a surprise birthday present. But like, you know. A family member is, is sick, God forbid, or, or somebody's you know losing their job or whatever you know unfortunate thing might occur. I feel like they don't think you're not going to tell your wife. They think you're not going to tell anyone other than your wife. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I guess it just depends yeah. what. Um, but the I weirder think, part I, here I is like is if, right if here. Larry is mentioned in the email, right? Which is sort of the implication that, that Larry's comment caused it. Like Kevin will certainly come and accuse him of that later. At that point, I think Cheryl doesn't she have an obligation to her husband to say like you know like you've been involved in this and how to rectify it. Yeah, if that's yeah. the case. If 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 Larry's mentioned, yeah. then I think that changes <laughs> yeah. it. But otherwise, I think she's right to say, you know, this guy just killed himself. He sent that a private yeah. email to a Especially few because like, you know you tell Larry, by the end of the episode, he will have told someone else as a transfer, a trade-off yeah. of information. Like with the exactly. terrorist attack. He'll tell the brownie wife, yeah. who he's randomly all of a sudden good, uh, desperate to be friends with. So, uh, yeah, so they kind of wrestle for control of the laptop. Uh, the riser uh, wife. I think we understand Sorry. that La- Larry hasn't seen yeah. it. Yeah. So we uh, head over to the nursing home, and we're playing some bingo. Larry has a very weird rivalry going on with the uh, old lady named Ruthie. Yeah. Now, Lenore, the bingo checker, is played by Ann Gilbert, the same woman who played Evelyn, the neighbor of the Seinfelds in Del Boca Vista stage two. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, but uh, what's her name? Ruthie. Ruthie. Yeah. It's not Ruthie yeah, Cohen. She, yeah, she's not somebody from Seinfeld. And Larry's filling up his bingo card, and... He uh, calls out bingo. That's a bingo. He believes he's won. But on further review, it, it appears I-17 has not been called. And Larry has not won. Uh, they call a couple more numbers. And now Ruthie is the winner. Um, 
Lenore comes over, gives us a dollar. Larry's uh, very suspicious. He says that it's rigged. Mm. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on here. There's something. Uh, there's something very fishy going on. I'm surprised you didn't take more note of Larry saying that's a bingo. He didn't. He didn't actually say that's a bingo. At one point, he does. He says bingo, bingo. Doesn't he say that's a bingo? I don't think so. That's a bingo. For well, Spanish I know, but that's why I was mentioning it, that you didn't. All right, okay. Well, you. you well, I actually you said say that's, that's a bingo. A bingo and, but, okay, but you were misquoting. Yeah. It. Okay. All right. I think so. I think I just made that up. Oh, okay. Because you know you don't have to say that's a bingo. You just say bingo. <laughs> you just say bingo. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Larry sees that uh, Kevin and his wife are there with Yoshi's dad. He ha- ha- tells them, you know, I'm happy to hear Yoshi's doing well. Um, and wonders, has your dad ever played bingo here? Larry's very already very, you know, wants to know what's going on with the bingo situation. Uh, Kevin pulls Larry aside. He's like, stop acting concerned. Cut the crap. You know, first of all, you stayed the other night. You and all these, all those jerks. Larry's like, well, he you know, gives the whole spiel about the keys and the alarm. But Kevin's like, Bull- bullshit. Then he's like, oh, and on a, on a separate matter, much less important, uh, it's your fault that Yoshi killed himself <laughs> or tried to kill himself uh, because of the whole kamikaze thing. And Larry's like, well, excuse me for being curious. Can I can I say one uh, thing here, the by the way, which is a little awkward, I feel like. It's weird that throughout this episode, we're all talking about this veteran from the Imperial Japanese military in World War II in, like, a totally neutral way. You know, like, these were, like, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying Yoshi's father personally, but the Imperial Army, uh, Japanese Army, committed, like, massive war crimes, like, raped and murdered, like, millions of people in, in China and, like, was close allies with the Nazis. Like, these were not good people. And it's very weird in this episode that we're just sort of casually chatting about him as just, like, a veteran of the army, you know? Yeah. I agree Even when him. Cheryl's like, but uh, he survived and he's here and that's good. And I'm thinking, like, well, no, it's not good, actually. They all should have, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like it's like in the, the, it lost when like they at the beginning they assumed that Saeed like says he fought in Iraq that like he was you know, obviously an American. He's like, oh no, I was in the Republican yeah. Guard. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Kevin's like, well, the, the the kicker on top is that you kept calling him chicken, <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't call him chicken. I ordered chicken. That's a big difference, which yes. is correct. He did say chicken many times, but he's chi- he's chicken teriyaki boy. What do you expect? He is chicken teriyaki boy. Chicken teriyaki boy. Um, Larry's like, well, now that we're mentioning it, you actually owe me $300 because you knocked all the chips off the yeah. table before we had a chance to settle up. And I know you were way down and I was way up. And they agree that if Larry calls Yoshi to apologize, Kevin will pay her the money. Yeah. Uh, my mind is still on chicken so. teriyaki boy. I mean, we've never seen this restaurant before this episode. Uh, how many times would you have to go to a restaurant and order the same thing from the restaurant? Until it became so well known among all of the staff of the restaurant, not only that you order that all the time, but that you and they are comfortable enough when you walk in the restaurant, all pointing at you and saying chicken teriyaki boy like that. Like hundreds yeah, of times, like thousands of chi- times. Oh, right. Ordering chicken from a sushi, teriyaki yeah. at a Japanese restaurant <laughs> is like not exactly groundbreaking. But uh, yeah, the whole thing, it's – I mean I'm trying to think like what's the most number of times I've ordered a specific dish at a restaurant. And I'm like no, I'm like not even one percent of the way to having this relationship. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so Larry heads over into his dad's room to call Yoshi to apologize. At first, Yoshi seems uh, receptive, but then he hears a crunching noise and wants to know, "Are you eating something?" Yeah. Larry explains, "Yeah, I'm eating some pistachio nuts." And Yoshi says, "Well, you're obviously not sincere about this apology if you're uh, snacking on pistachio nuts while you deliver yeah. it." It's like a it's like uh, a lame Larry's street like, uh, call to ask her friend about her her father. Right. Um, Larry's like, "Oh, is that a Japanese <laughs> thing?" And Yoshi's like, "No, it's a human thing." <laughs> Yoshi really playing the uh, uh, the audience here. Yeah, and Larry's like, "Oh, uh, so I heard you sent the suicide email. <laughs> Did you mention me in it?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Cheryl obviously. Of course, right. but by the way, um, Yoshi's pissed at Cheryl at this point already because even right, like an NDA a non-disclosure agreement always says not just that you cannot discuss the material, but you cannot discuss the existence of it, right? Yeah. Um, so Larry, uh, he's still walking. He's walking around the nursing home. He sees a doctor, and he's like, "Oh, I have this medicine for your father. I want you to take. It's a blood thinner." Larry's like, okay, great. Um, so I want to let you tell you about this bingo game where I think uh, Lenore, <laughs> who's running it, is getting kickbacks from the winners. And there's a whole racket yeah. going on here. Uh, he suggests that the doctor should sit in on a game. In disguise. Investigate, T- yeah. yeah. Take let the me, white coat off. Let me know what, what you What does he call the white coat? A schmata or something? <laughs> 
Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, he's like, he humors Larry a little bit, but he obviously thinks Larry. Take off your little smock here. Take off your tie. Sit in on the game. <laughs> your little smock here. It's great. So we uh, we move over to the pharmacy and Larry hold on. And I have another question, by the way. What kind of nursing home yeah. is this, where the medical staff that you're, you know, that is taking care of the the sick old patients, they don't fill the prescriptions and treat them themselves. They just find random family members. Oh, you're the son of a patient. Happened to be walking by to play bingo. Here, go fill this prescription for your father. Yeah, and I would think that most nursing homes like have like a yeah. What happens if Larry doesn't come by that day? Oh, I guess no drugs for his father. You know. Yeah. So it's a it's a very uh, you got to be very hands on if you put your parents in that nursing home. Apparently, I think Larry could afford a nicer so, place. Uh, so Larry goes to the pharmacy. He gives over the prescription, and the pharmacist takes a look. He's like, "Actually, I prefer a different medicine." Yeah. Uh, Larry's like, well, "But the doctor prefers this one." The pharmacist says, "Well, I prefer that one." And Larry's trying to decide who to go with, and he uh, he takes his two hands and holds them in front of him, and he says, "Doctor." pharmacist doctor pharmacist and he uh he decides to go with the pharmacist which obviously is the wrong decision mm, yeah and he says i'll go back to the doctor and uh i'll get a new prescription yeah. and he rips up that prescription right there burns that bridge oh, flame yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that... <laughs> so this is quite a famous scene i didn't i didn't remember it was from this episode yeah. until it starts I don't. I don't even understand the concept of a pharmacist proposing a different. I mean, I know. I know that's the joke, but like, <laughs> this guy would be in jail and fired the first day, right? And by the way, when you get a prescription, it doesn't say here's the diagnosis of the patient and why we're giving it. All it says is give this drug. So he has no idea what the condition. Right. Like, there could be many different kinds of blood thinners necessary right. for many different there reasons. Could be a, there could be allergies. Yeah. Right. There like, could be all sorts. He has of- no idea what why this. It's complete insanity. But again, it's not that Larry says. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, you you work with pills more than the doctor. Let me go ask the doctor his perspective, and then I can sort of balance one on the other. He's like, no, I'm ripping this up. I'm committed to pharmacist. It's done. <laughs> it's pharmacist. Yeah. The line is pharmacist. Yes, exactly. Doesn't Jerry have a bit, Seinfeld, an anti-pharmacist bit, where he's like, all they do is take pills yeah. from big containers? Yeah, they, they, they stand Yeah, why do they have to be yeah, three feet yeah. higher than everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're just we're taking we're we're dealing with pills over yeah. here. We're taking <laughs> yes. pills from big containers yeah. and putting them into some pills into smaller to containers. To defend the farm, uh, the pharmacist, I have uh, Jen's aunt, so I have an aunt-in-law who got a PhD in in pharmacology, so they know a lot about drugs. But yeah, I feel like if the doctor writes a prescription, that's probably uh, the way to go. Hot take there. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're uh, head back over to the nursing home. Um, Larry obviously has a very important matter to deal with with this uh, prescription for his dad. Mm. So naturally, he sees the doctor. The first thing he asks if there are any update on the bingo situation. Yes. Uh, the doctor's like, "No, there's no update." He says, "Well, I think that Ruthie is bad news." Um, it wonders, did you do like any sort of background check on her? And suggests that maybe she has some sort of personality disorder, mm. <laughs> which the doctor thinks is quite yes. possible given that they're in a nursing home. But you know. The, the point of the bingo game is for... Uh, is and there's for... great shades of when George is convinced that Lloyd Braun is mentally ill, and he's trying to convince the woman, you know, who grew up across the street from him. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, no, she, no, no you know, I saw a woman on a horse, and she, she, she gave me the $20 bill with the money, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, she I was feel like the fool Lloyd Braun. Very, uh, skew it, Larry. Yeah. Um... He, uh, so he tells him, oh, there's this other uh, this other medicine the pharmacist recommends. The doctor's like, what the hell? I'm a doctor. <laughs> and the doctor's like, well, I'm a doctor. He's like, but he's a pharmacist. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm a doctor. He's like, well, he's a pharmacist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the doctor's like, fine, go with the pharmacist. And he writes him the prescription. Yeah. Uh, so Larry goes into the building, and ah. for the second he walks into the lobby, Pornography is blasting very loudly. Nobody else in the entire nursing home seems to be bothered by this or even notice. Yeah, even it. though it's overwhelmingly loud, uh, louder than, yeah, like than, G- than like, Jesus's shoes last week, one could say. <laughs> yeah, it's similar. It's like it's not even like his room is right there. Like Larry has to go down like a couple hallways. He make a couple turns until he gets to his dad's room. Yeah, and he walks in. He's like, "Dad, what the hell?" He turns it off. His dad is very, very you know, disappointed. Very upset. Yeah. Uh, but Larry's like, "Listen, we can't watch porno together. We don't have that kind of relationship yet." Yeah. <laughs> Does he say yet? That would be good. <laughs> yeah, he says yet, I think. Uh-huh. What's your take on porno versus porn? The extra O at the end of the word. Um, I prefer porn. Yeah. But Larry said porno, so that's why I said porno. Yeah. No, Larry did. Yeah, I feel like it's a generational thing. I feel like our, our parents' generation was more likely to say porno. I'm going to go down and get a porno. Yeah, not that I know because I don't have that kind of relationship yet with my dad. But 
Although I, I, I you know, uh, one the summer that Jen and I met, we were hanging out in in the West End, the the the, the George Washington University dormitory where she was living for the summer, one evening, and all of a sudden we we heard sounds, you know, very similar to the sounds that were coming out of Nat's room, overwhelmingly loudly. Like we were in our room, and then we heard it through our closed doors into the hall into another room, presumably. And it sounded like a couple, but it was just it was too comically loud for it to possibly be real. And so we sort of went out to investigate and we went down the hall. And blasted this for shtick. Like it just it was too loud for anyone in that room to it, it, And to this day, it really befuddles me. Um what was going on? Maybe there. they had like just broken up with someone. Like they wanted to make it seem like they had like were having hot, passionate sex with a new with a new partner. Yes, it was. And maybe the old partner lived like you know down the hall. So <laughs> that was their genius scheme. Exactly. Yeah, I've, it was. It was so over the top loud. Um, I've never heard something like that before. But uh, apparently, that's how Nat David listens to his porn as well. Oh, I'm sorry for Doctor Jed that you've never heard anything <laughs> like that before. Well, not at that volume. I mean, <laughs> I walked right into that, didn't I? Listen, I consulted with her, and it's supposed to be dry, okay? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, um, Larry uh, still very focused on the bingo. He tells his dad, you know, I think something's really fishy going on. He asks if Ruthie wins a lot. He's like, actually, yes, she does. And Larry's like, oh, very, very surprised to hear that Ruthie is a big winner. Of course, one could say this about Larry because he claimed to have an extraordinarily high winning percentage. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, that's pure skill. Mm, yes. So uh, Ruthie comes in. So yeah, are we, are we meant to assume that uh, Ruthie and that might be uh, more than just friends? They seem to be ha- hanging out an awful lot. Well, th- that's clearly the intent here. I-, I mean, Ruthie is in it for you know. I mean, maybe she's a gold digger, right? She's she has some kind of scheme to steal a dollar in bingo. She sees that Nat's got a rich son. Yeah. I mean, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, um, but. So uh, Ruthie wants to uh, – she's like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? Larry, of course, wants to change the subject, so he, he switches it to uh, his uh, friend who almost killed himself. Mm. Uh, but he didn't die. His dad's like, what do you say? He said lie? And Larry's like, no, die, die. It just starts yelling die in uh, Ruthie's face. As, <laughs> as one does. As the doctor walks by. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my little sister did this once. Because, uh, as you know, in Hebrew, die means stop. Yeah. And we had, like, uh, an Israeli uh, babysitter when she was a little kid. So, like, she got in trouble at school once when she was, like, not in trouble, but like, she was in, like, pre-K or nursery or whatever. And, like, some kid was bothering her, so she just started yelling die at his face over and over again. And the kid's like, she told me to die. But I feel like in the, in this, in the Israeli, in the Jewish, like, Orthodox context, it should be easier to explain. Larry's got a tough situation here with the doctor. Yeah, no, I mean nothing yeah. happened to her. Like she was a baby. <laughs> just, just a fun, just a funny anecdote. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're back over to the pharmacist, to the pharmacy. Uh, the pharmacist is very happy to see him. Larry's like, "Well, the doctor's upset." He's like, "Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, these doctors and their egos." I agree. Uh, Larry notices <laughs> that the uh, the name tag that the pharmacist has says Kofi on it. And he's like, hey, have you been to that Japanese place across the street? He's like, yeah, of course. He goes there um, all the time. So you would say so you would say Kofi was there. <laughs> uh, he's like, I guess. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with the doctor. And Kofi is very confused. Uh, most of all, because as you pointed out, now Larry has to go ask the doctor for a third prescription because he doesn't even have the original yeah. prescription. So I guess I guess you, you, and we talked about this at the, the earlier in the, in the podcast. Your belief is Kofi's confusion here indicates that Kofi didn't write it because if Kofi had written it, he would have picked up on what, on what Larry meant. Um, Unless he's playing dumb think... because he doesn't want to acknowledge it because he realizes, oh, I don't want to be seen as – although if you don't want to be seen as the person who scratches your name into the table, why do you scratch your name into the table? Yeah, I mean I think the guy who comes in later was supposed to understand that this guy must like really come in all the time yeah. and he's regular and it's probably him. Um but yeah, I hope his uh, I hope Larry's dad gets the right blood thinner now because you know he originally trusted this pharmacist, but once he thought he was the guy who wrote into the table, now he no longer trusts his opinion on which blood thinner. He so does say, by the way, yeah, he says uh, he says, "Have you ever been to that Japanese restaurant across the street?" And Kofi says, "Oh yeah, I eat there all the time." So he is a frequent yeah, okay. attendee as well, right? They got two Kofi's going there all the time. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Well, speaking of the Japanese restaurant, we're headed back mm. there. Um, Larry's eating with uh, Cheryl. Or, uh, she, she asks, you know, if you want some of this. Larry's like, well, you're just trying to give me that so you can trade, whatever. And they kibitz a little. Um, he tells uh, Cheryl about the whole, you know, he got an update on who Kofi is. Uh, she's ignoring him because she's playing with her BlackBerry. She's like, oh, so what, she said something about coffee. Um, obviously, I'm team Cheryl here. Um, very, it's, it's, it's perfectly fine to ignore your spouse because you're playing on your phone. Um, Larry walks by the chefs, and as you know, as he does, of course, they do their whole chicken teriyaki boy again. They do a chicken teriyaki dance. Um, at that at that moment, of course, Yoshi walks in and he sees them doing the chicken dance, and he runs away into the street because they think they're talking about him. Um, and then another random man walks in, and they say Kofi is here. Yeah, I think the fact that they say Kofi is here is enough to conclude that he wrote. He's the one who wrote Kofi. And, the, and then he also wrote it on the on the door of the nursing home. Then. Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Again, very very confusing. Yeah, I don't know. All right, this is the number one question we have for Larry when he comes on the podcast. Yeah. Also, what sort of name is Kofi? Yeah. Yeah, they could have picked. Uh, so it, they could have picked outside. a name that exists in more than like two places in the world if they wanted there to be two people with the same name. Yeah, uh, he runs outside to explain to Kevin and Yoshi. No, I'm Chicken Teriyaki Boy. And Cheryl comes out. They're like, Larry's like, what do they call me? She's like, Chicken Teriyaki Boy. A rare time that Cheryl uh, doesn't throw her husband under the bus on this show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Larry's like, all right. By the way, you have to pay me. I did my part of the bargain. You have to do yours. Kevin's like, no, you didn't. You apologized um, while you were eating. That doesn't count. Brother, Yoshi's such a snitch. He runs to his brother-in-law with every single thing that happens. <laughs> every yeah, he's very petty. Yeah. Um, so Larry, Kevin's like, how about this? To settle this, we'll play um, <laughs> bingo at the nursing home, and it'll be double or nothing. And Larry agrees. Hmm. Um, I didn't understand what happens next. Uh, Cheryl like does something with her BlackBerry. It says, "Oh no, suicide BlackBerry." Yeah, Yoshi just sent a suicide black a suicide message, a BBM that he's just that he's committing suicide again. Oh, I thought it was a great line by Cheryl, Suicide Blackberry. Because nobody calls a yeah, message that's... received on a Blackberry a Blackberry. That's why I didn't know what she was talking yeah, but about. But I guess when they were very, very new. I mean, do you remember B- – you, you got a Blackberry. Do you remember BBM? Yeah. Yeah, so it was like a messenger yeah, service only. Yeah, but I, I would still refer to any message I got on my Blackberry as either an email or you know a text message. Or yeah. if I got a BBM, I probably would have just called it a text message at the time. Yeah, I didn't. I yeah. I didn't realize that anyone ever referred to the message as a black. Yeah, but again, it's early on, so That's, I guess it was a. Yeah, Cheryl's yeah. oh, of the right. of an older generation. You know, they weren't a right hip to the scene. But yeah, but the the implication is that Yoshi's uh, done it again, very quickly. Uh, yeah. Okay. So- yeah, he's, he's a he's a quick. Person. Well, I guess that's why this isn't a long email. It's just a BlackBerry. It's just uh, I'm out. They called me chicken again. About yeah, the end is here. Uh, okay, back to the nursing home, and everyone is like kind of like staring Larry down, giving him the evil eye. Um, his dad's like, "You really shouldn't be here." But and we don't know the why. Game starts. We don't know why. Uh, the game starts, and Larry wins. And as soon as he wins, someone was like, "He's the man who tried to kill Ruthie." And Larry's like, I didn't try to kill – I know what you're talking about. I was yelling die because my father could hear. This is crazy. Yeah. And But to no avail, the uh, the residents of the nursing home all start to uh, form a circle around him and kind of outflank him and push him towards the door. He starts getting scared. When he goes towards the door, he sees Kofi was here written on the wall. Suddenly, all the people clear a path. And we see Yoshi's dad standing at the end. He yells "Banzai!" and then puts his electric wheelchair into drive and hurls full speed ahead mm. right at Larry. Yes. Um, uh, what does "Banzai" mean? I know it's a tree. Banzai's a type of tree. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I guess what I'm asking is, did Kamikaze pilots really scream "Banzai," or is that just like a, a racist LD thing? Like, here's a Japanese oh, yeah. word. Banzai, a Japanese, a Japanese battle cry. Oh, okay, fair. All right. So I apologize to LD. Banzai charge. A banzai charge is the term used by the Allied forces to refer to Japanese human wave attacks and swarming mounted by infantry units. Oh, okay. The term came for the Japanese cry Tendo Hika Banzai, short to Banzai, specifically referring to a tactic used by the Imperial Japanese, uh, Japanese Army during the Pacific okay. War. All right, fair. Um, but why is Larry locked in this bingo room anyways? Like all of a sudden he can't escape. The door won't open. 
And I just I don't understand any of this. And what are we meant to assume happens at the end of the episode? So Yoshi's dad crashes into Larry's legs at two miles an hour, and what happens? Like Larry has a bruise on his knee. La- yeah, they're both de- they're he's, they're yeah. both dead. <laughs> so Kabakazi yeah. go. So yeah, I mean you know let's get to the rating. One could argue this is a dumb episode. <laughs> uh, one could argue yes. <laughs> would would you argue like... such a thing? <laughs> it doesn't uh, by the way I'm going to rant about something totally unrelated here sure um, I was talking about making a fantasy football trade with somebody today w- one player had scored many many more points than the other player but the other player sort of has a better reputation and so I, p- I pointed out that the one player had actually scored many more points and I said uh, I said one could argue that he's actually better and the other person said no it is impossible no one would ever argue that I was like well he literally has more points so you you can disagree about their future earning potential, but you cannot like it, it's fair to make the argument that the better player is better. Um, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, but this episode it doesn't have like you know the complicated Seinfeldian four story plot that all ties together. There's there's just two stories, right? There's Kamikaze thing. And there's a bigo. Yeah. Thing. There's Kamikaze. There's bigo. Kamikaze yeah. bigo. Hence the name. Yeah. But having said all that, I actually enjoy this episode for some reason. It's like you know I'm aware of what peak peak curb is, and this ain't that. So I'll say this is pretty 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 good. I'll give it two and a half. Yeah, I'm right there. Um, oh, I was debating right. between two and two and a half. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it has its moments in terms of humor, even though the storylines are very stupid. Yeah, and just uh, a peek behind the curtains. The way I do my rankings is I, I have all the episodes ranked sequentially from best to worst. And so I look at this episode, I, and then I think of the few episodes. I sort of find where I want to put it. I'm like, what's well, better than that one? Right. It's better than that one. It's worse than that one. And then I see, well, those are all ranked two and a half. So that means this is going to get two and a half as well. All right. Yeah, that works. Who is your come with guy? Um, I struggled a little bit with here. I think I'm just going to go with Kevin Elid just because it was fun to see him. And, you know, he hosts a poker game. He's looking out for his brother-in-law. You know, he's maybe a little bit hard on Larry, but Larry did cause his brother-in-law to try to kill himself. So we'll give him a break there. And, you know, he's pretty quick to say that, like, you know what, fine, I'll pay you back the money for the poker as long as you apologize. You know, he's I think he's a pretty good guy overall. All right. I'm going to give it to a character who we've seen a lot of, but I'm not sure if he's ever been given this prestigious award before. Let me check, actually, quickly. Oh, no. uh, You gave it to him in Season 3, one episode. But I have not given it to him before. And that's Nat David. He plays bingo. He looks at porn. Uh, He's uh, macking it with Ruth. Quite a flat. He's living his best life. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing great. Yeah, we should all be living as confidently and happily as Nat David at that age. Yeah, how old I? Yeah, so I say that uh, Nat David, uh, you are the come with guy for this episode. Uh, who is the worst person? Yeah, so I'm going to agree with your take earlier in the episode. Uh, and I'm going to say the worst person is Yoshi's father. Mm. Uh, you know. <laughs> The Japanese army are not, you know, they're, they're our enemies in the war. Um, you know, I, you know, uh, being like a kamikaze pilot to me isn't the most honorable thing that you need to brag about. You know, it's, I, is it, I don't know that necessarily, know that's quite like a suicide bomber, but it's not completely different from a suicide bomber. <laughs> yeah. It's like more like a suicide bomber than a lot of things. <laughs> Fair. Um, more like a suicide bomber than anything that you or I have ever done professionally. Yeah. Um, and then he you know, assaults Larry at the end of the episode for really no reason. Uh, you know, he just uh, attacks first, asks questions later, and that's not my style. So, <laughs> Yoshi's father, worst person. Certainly fair. He uh, seems to be intending to kill Larry very slowly at the end of the episode. There's another person in this episode who could be killing people, though, although it would probably be more uh, involuntary manslaughter, but that's the pharmacist. He's meddling in people's medications. He's also a big enough idiot to carve his name into tables and doors, possibly. Again, unless it's the other Kofi, but then what's the other Kofi doing at the nursing home? Of course, what's the pharmacist doing at the nursing home? So we don't really know, but he's, if nothing else, he has the name of another idiot if he's not that idiot himself. And yeah, his his, his battle with the doctor is a losing battle. So to me, the pharmacist is the worst person in this yeah, episode. Yeah, Kofi the pharmacist should stay in his lane. Yes, exactly. Your job is to take the pills from the bigger container and put them into the smaller container. And that's mm. it. Mm. We, uh, we don't really have... We, Kevin Nealon, I guess, is a celebrity in this episode. Phil Rosenthal, obviously not, uh, didn't even get credited uh, at the time. So uh, is it time for us to jump right to the postman? Uh, yes. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! First email from Will Blake. He says, hey guys, I'm Will and I only grazed the ship. 
I thought this episode was mostly well done. There were some liberties taken regarding Japanese mental health and suicide that Larry doesn't understand. That's an understatement. It's a stereotypical depiction, which is par for the course for Larry. It's what usually makes the show's plots move the way they do. Stereotype, misunderstanding, trouble, resolution, blow up. For some reason, I couldn't fully get past how inaccurate and anachronistic the writing is around these topics. Only three pretties out of five this episode come with guy is Kevin Nealon. Even he is mad at Larry throughout the episode. He never comes down too hard. And it's justified that he doesn't stop the grandfather's kamikaze attack. I didn't even think about that. Ah, did you think that Kevin Elin should have jumped in front of his father-in-law's wheelchair and taken one for the team to save Larry? Yeah, I don't think that's necessary for Kevin yeah. to do. <laughs> uh, he gives worst person, shittiest person, he says, to Cheryl. She did back Larry up with the pistachios and a man has got to eat. <laughs> Let a man eat. Next email is from Zach Brooks. He says, pharmacist versus doctor is no debate at all. Got to go with doctor and I'm not even married to a doctor. Hmm. Worst person in the episode is Yoshi. The guy thinks everything is about him. Uh, he yeah. gives it four pretties, mostly because of Larry's delivery of bingo. And then <laughs> the last email of the week is from Olin Allen, who says, this is a strange episode. I liked pretty much all the plot points. I found their setups to be funny, but there wasn't too much of the actual interaction that grabbed me. And for the cheating lady at the bingo and the final payoff with the kamikaze pilot. Sorry, apart from the cheating lady at the bingo and the final payoff with the pilot. Still quite enjoyable. Three pretties out of five. Regarding last week's mailbag, I don't think there are many mezuzahs in Ireland, but I can't vouch for Irish Americans in Colorado. I do think I saw some menorahs on sale in Ikea during a previous holiday season here, which surprised me and almost tempted me to purchase it because it looked quite nice, but I didn't plunge. Mm, yeah. For the come with guy, he goes with uh, with Alex's pick. He picks Nat David, Larry's father. Sounded like he was most certainly a come with guy sharing his porn sounds throughout the nursery. Mm, exactly. The nursing home seems quite popular with everyone as well. For the villain, well, of, of the course week, he is. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's got the best uh, stereo speed system. For the villain of the week, he goes with Larry. Just has to be. Yeah, this is a this is one where you could choose Larry because he's just like bad all over the place. Yes, questioning the honor of somebody's father so brazenly and following up by eating pistachio nuts. All right, off. So next week we will learn that Lewis needs a kidney. Oh, what's the episode called? <laughs> uh, this is um, an episode that I remember very well, and I remember it as being sort of like a, a long theme throughout season five. But you know, we don't even find out about it, I guess, until episode five. So it is, you know, we're halfway into the season and there doesn't seem to be sort of the overarching theme the way we had in season three with the restaurant and season four with with the Broadway show. It seemed like it might be Larry finding out if he was adopted or not or if he's Jewish or not. But then that's I think I I think the kidney and the adoption are both going to start to pick up. Yeah. Yes. Well, the adoption. Yes, we do have more of that. And yeah, I guess we'll find out how much kidney we have. But it's um, but it's very different from in the in the last two seasons, at least, if not seasons one and two. Immediately in episode one, we were introduced and told this is where the season's going. Right. Yeah. And and I don't know. I mean, I like the overarching theme, especially if it pays off well the way that, you know, obviously season four did and season three did. They both paid off phenomenally. But I also loved in season one or season two that, you know, just every episode, you didn't know exactly where you were going. Right. It was just yeah, Larry's going to get into all kinds of shenanigans. Yeah. Good one off episodes. Like, don't have to, like, spend time pushing forward the season long plot. Yes. Um, are, are definitely welcome. Yeah, but we haven't really had – I mean, I'm looking at our rankings. This season, my highest ranking was three, and your highest ranking is three and a half. So we haven't really had that dynamite episode, and we're halfway into the episode, the season. But I'm looking ahead. We have the Seder coming up. We have the ski lift coming up. So maybe it's just the Jew and me, but I'm pretty confident that we're going to have some uh, – Yeah, we're going to like uh, the ski lift. Yeah. <laughs> Shkia Sachama. Shkia Sachama. Yeah. Milk and, and dishes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Jewish laws that are very confusing, and uh, Larry's understanding of them does not seem to be... Pretty, 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 pretty good.